Hello, hello, hello. That was that was my breathing exercises. Um, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good overnight. Uh, I am Anthony Price. And it's Jonathan Bradley with a good morning, good evening, good afternoon, and a good overnight from me too. Uh, I think that is our new uh, our new catchphrase, if you will, which is is very exciting. Um, uh, we have to first of all, I think, offer an apology to our listeners because there has been a handful of complaints at our inability to post a weekly podcast in a timely fashion. But perhaps um, it may be useful for us now to explain how complex our schedules seem to be over the last few weeks but i think service is about to resume to relative normality due to the fact we're traveling together but jb tell everybody about your beautiful and exciting escapades well so new york new york new york so good they named it twice flipping amazing you did i think we did do we've done a one podcast since new york haven't we yeah. God, have we? Yeah, it we seems have. such a long time ago that we actually did yeah. a podcast. Yeah, yeah. So, so um, after New York, mm. you told us about New York and the fact that you spent your fee on uh, your other half. On Well, yes. And um, crazy entertainment um, and uh, disco nights and crazy shit. And then I went up to Harrogate and spent the most brilliant time at a place called Rudding Park, which I think is a award-winning uh, luxury spa near Harrogate. I think I think they've got several awards behind it. I mean, it is a five-star luxury hotel. Um, and my client, bless them, put me up in this fantastic hotel for a whole week. And most of the time, I was just going around in a, in a white robe. Nice. Um, this this was, with, with the client? That, no, that was before my wife arrived. <laughs> Um, and uh, boy, did we have fun in those storms. Uh, we were sitting in a in a jacuzzi outside, drinking champagne and watching the clouds grey and darken and pour down with sleet and rain. And there we were in this hot tub, just taking in the trees and the the whole scene. It was a brilliant, brilliant little little event. Any listeners wondering if they might book JB, you can see how expensive <laughs> he is based on the experience <laughs> he's just articulated. <laughs> no, no, well I have to I well I have to for the listeners, I do have to make it clear that um I do keep these things separate. So when I'm having fun and poncing about in a white robe, uh, I'm not doing that with my clients. Lovely. Okay. That, yet. That, yet. They've never asked me. Yet. Arguably, I'm pretty sure you and me, because we, we have in, in my other job, we have a client uh, um, uh, supplier type relationship, don't we? So uh, anyway, um, nice. So Harrogate it was. Harrogate uh, was was absolutely fantastic. And now we start planning for the Channel Islands, which we do together. We do, which, which is, is great. quite exciting. Yeah. So last week I was in uh, Paris uh, on Valentine's week. Uh, um, oh, how ironic. Uh, and was there for a, a rather big conference, which was uh, entertaining and exhausting all in equal measure. And then, um, as you are rightly pointing out, um, we are uh, getting ready for the Channel Islands. And I think that is the start of a few weeks of tours for us. So we've got the Channel Islands next week. And then I think it's only a couple of weeks after that that we're then off to Colombia. Um, for our um, our trip, and the last time 
Our um, annual prod. Yes. The last time uh, we went to Columbia, I got quite ill. But maybe we keep that story for the re- episode that we probably should record in Columbia and see if I can recreate the moment for us, for the listeners. What do you think? It, well, if you do rec- recreate the moment, would you mind if I left the room at that point? Because I don't want to be there. I don't want to see anything I don't want to see. No, and we don't want to stereotype Colombia just yet. So uh, no. anyway, it is a beautiful country. It Love is. It. it is. Anyway, so um, th- for the next we we kind of promised this one is obviously for this week. We will record some more in the Channel Islands next week. And we'll also record a few more whilst we're in Colombia. And also, please do keep your your questions coming in, your ideas for the episodes coming in. And we have a listener suggestion for this week's podcast. Um, and JB, do you remember what it is? Shall I, shall I get it up on my phone screen? Well, you, I've got it on my little phone, but um, you've probably got it there much quicker than me because you're younger than me and you have those sort of little clever things on your phone to access these things more quickly. Well, as you speak, it has now appeared. Um, there so you go. I just I did that so that you get it out. This person hasn't said whether I can announce them or not, but they're a business development team in a company based in Scotland. And they're hoping that we can have a discussion around... How does one go about objective setting for the forthcoming financial year? Um, which I, I would agree, as they've put in there, it's a rather huge um, and generic topic. And what's interesting is business development teams ordinarily have the most easiest of tasks in objective setting compared to non-financial generating positions where they have much less KPIs. So I guess that's that that is a task that we will accept as a challenge. And of course we do have a couple of listener questions which we'll keep to the end. Um JB, where where should we start with this topic then? Well, it's ooh, two two words spring to mind. One is uh about process and the other is about delivery. And you know, I'd, I'm I'm quite intrigued by this question, and I'm actually more intrigued by how you begin to answer it, given your role yeah. in a big corporate global organisation. And it might mean something different to you than it does to me. Yeah. So I'm I'm going to I'm going to follow you a little bit okay. down the slope, down the slippery slope. And then when I think we're roughly in the same sort of area on the blue run planet, then yeah, then I'm going to I'm going to jump in. OK, so in other words, you start and right. Happy days. Um, so, look, uh, this is for me objectives, uh, as JB mentions, tend to be generically um, broad, but also focused, which sounds like a contradiction in terms most objective setting that I see in organizations for sales functions and highly um, KPI functions is relatively straightforward. Um, but one of the problems that I see that exists in a lot of companies that I've worked in historically and, you know, organizations that I work with at the moment is that they forget about the, the behaviors as part of objectives. Um, and what I mean by that is, is uh, me and JB talk a lot in some of our um, out, out and about workshops that you can have sometimes the best performance. But if it comes at a cost, at what point do you think that it's no longer having, having worth having them in the team because of the disruption it brings on other people? So, for example, you could have in your business development function someone that consistently delivers 110 percent to target. 
but they are known to be poor at timekeeping. They are known to be attitude that's, that's pretty, pretty gutter and disgusting and unfair on others and a bit bullyish. But unfortunately, um, if you are the lead of that business development team, tend, it tends to be that you have an aggregate total of all their combined totals, which is your target for the year ahead. And therefore, I guess, depending on experience and other bits and pieces, you simply divide that up. What I'm getting to is, of course, there is therefore on your head a major risk that you are effectively taking away a chunk of your target by exiting this person, even if their behaviours are not in play. Um, so that is part one. The problem we also have with objective setting is sometimes some organisations very closely align it to a pay review or a bonus system. And if behaviours are not included in an objective setting conversation, my worry is that you are effectively rewarding poor behaviour. And the biggest, most detrimental impact I see on poor behaviour in business, which is tends to be a more long term um, uh, hidden problem until it's too late, is voluntary attrition. So if you're not challenging poor behaviour in organisations, people that are the good ones that might be performing, you're also losing them to because they don't like working in their organization anymore. So for me, objective settings tend to focus around the business, but also the people and the values, uh, if you have them in your organization. So for me, I tend to actually split it into three. I would have ordinarily objectives that focus on KPIs and projects and tasks. Uh, and also review points. If you are one of these companies that doesn't have annual reviews, they are quarterly projects, and you then record those quarterly reviews with a mixture of projects throughout the year, which culminate in an end-of-year discussion about, actually, let's have an annual write-off here of all the projects you've done, how have you done? That's the obvious piece. KPIs, projects and tasks, reviewed at a regular interval throughout the year. Secondly, it would be a development objective. Actually, having a good career conversation with the individual would hopefully give you an understanding of where they wish to be. Now, it could well be they have no aspirations other than nailing their target, turning up and going at the end of each day. That doesn't mean they lack development areas or opportunities. Think about things that might make them want to stay around. If they're a good performer and their behavior is good, by giving them a reason to stay up and above hitting their targets to get a bonus for argument's sake, might be something that is a make or break if another competitor is sniffing around them, such as, I don't know, maybe they want to be upskilled on a particular type of technique. That is something you could look at. Or maybe they get put into a task force or a project group, which allows them to mentor upwards or downwards or sideways in the business to share their experiences and capability with others. Maybe they do have a behavior objective. Maybe they do have bigger aspirations. So part one, KPIs, process projects. Part two, development. Part three, my final part, would be around behaviours. Tends to be nicely, tightly combined with purpose and values. Knowing the organisation, I know that you're, uh, I'm, I'm not sure whether I can, I can't name them because you haven't given me consent to do so. But the organisation in question, I know is deeply rooted in behaviours and psychology. So arguably using some of the um, some of the, um, the 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 themes of your organization could be a really useful way to drive behavior teamwork um, you know collaboration communication with other people because the truth is if you do have a culture where your organization is tightly aligned to performance ratings which is an annual review which I'm against anyway plus a pay rise the problem is if you don't have behavioral objectives in there, 
you're at risk of rewarding poor attitudes in the workplace. And for me, I can't work with, I've, I've exited people in my business where they're actually a decent performer, but the disruption and attitude they bring into the workplace for me just doesn't sit right. So objective setting, projects, if, they're, if, you, if there's annuals, uh, there's annual objectives, try and compartmentalize it into quarterly projects and KPIs, um, development, and then finally, um, behavior. JB's fallen asleep. That and is is superb uh, because it 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 covers off you know the the, the hard objective uh, technical tasks and things that someone has to do in their work. Uh, you know what they're there to do. What's right for the business? You've got to do these things. Uh, you've got to hit your target and achieve your KPIs. Brilliant. Uh, then you've got the developmental areas. You know where this person actually sees them selves developing over the course of six months 12 months uh and that's that's a that's a pretty damn good conversation to have right there Mm. um and then then you've got um, behaviors which is obviously pretty closely aligned to to both of the other two um i was doing some work recently on on trust uh and uh the kind of creating psychological safety in an organization which i'm sure this person knows uh, quite a lot about that uh, given the business um, and in my own experience of working inside a, a big corporate organization I don't think there was enough uh, conversation about you know trust behaviors uh, what what makes people feel safe in a team and there's this line I really like which is you know high high trust teams equals high performance teams and if you don't have that trust inside an, an organization or, or a team, you're a bit screwed, really. So you can have all, all your KPIs as much as you like. Uh, but if you've got a team uh, that's got some some bad shit in it, uh, it could bring that entire team down, if not the entire company. Um, again, some work that I was looking at recently uh, broke broke these these trust behaviors into, into four parts, which were consistent, capable, caring um, and candor, and we were looking at some statements around those four areas, uh, which are you know pretty distinct uh, behaviours in the way that people communicate, collaborate, demonstrate empathy, caring, uh, and good communication, um, and concern for the feelings of others, and so on. And I think these things are often overlooked at the beginning of a a, a year. And, and going going ahead, you know, and if you've got someone in that team who really doesn't demonstrate uh, caring for other members of the team or turning up in a consistent fashion, that you know that consistency is good consistency, not not bad. Um, these are all the things that that ultimately lead to this person achieving what the company and what they want to achieve by the end of that year. Which brings me to my next point. Uh, and that is to uh, have a really good idea about the outcome, the, the big outcome in mind. You know, what, what outcome uh, does this all add up to? Because if you, if you keep all of the tasks uh, and all of the KPIs separate from, say, the trust behaviors uh, and the development areas, you, you know, you don't, you don't have an overall view of what what this person's going to feel like at the end of the year, what people are going to feel about them. 
And I, from my own experience, I don't think there's enough outcome first conversation uh, going on uh, at any time, actually, but um, particularly at the beginning of uh, the the objective setting. It's all, all, all very well putting putting all of these uh, objectives together and all of these things together but if you do, what is it what does it actually what what does it actually add up to and you know in that person's mind or the manager's mind or anyone else's for that matter interesting so i imagine we've given a lot of food for thought there um what is intriguing me is whether the company has a um, top-down approach with objective setting um, or indeed you are given autonomy because um, by the nature of your function being business development, I would assume there is a revenue number or a profit number that you have been fed. If you are being asked to compile a forecast, happy days for you if it's a reverse effect because actually what that allows you to do is, I guess, quantify what you believe is achievable. Um, again, with objectives, I guess, depending on how you performance manage those objectives is whether they meet or exceed those objectives. And therefore, you need to gear change a stretch target for your exceeds and a good target for meeting. Um, so there's, there's quite a lot to think about with your objective setting i guess in advance if you have a number that's been given to you from the top down you've got to look at your team you've got to think about what's fair and right in terms of their experience the type of accounts they have if it's a business development hunting or farming type function and so on but of course for those of you listening to this podcast that don't work in business development i would assume that you may have been given some relatively broad um, functional requirements of your function for the year ahead it could be very easy and incidentally i was having a debate with someone last week in a, in a conversation um and ironically it was after i'd received this message and and i said um that there is a risk in companies that we spend too long at the beginning of the year debating objectives and in the meantime your team are coasting um, because if they think the objective has a runoff at the end of the year 31st of december and you're now sat middle of february without setting objectives, what are that team driving themselves towards in the meantime? So I would say if there are objectives and you're listening to this podcast, any of you that, that, that have a fixed deadline on them, make sure that you have tasks and interim projects. If there's, if there's ambiguity from the top as to what you're being expected to achieve in the following year or the following financial year or the following cycle. Um, so uh, I, where am I going with this? I'm not entirely sure, but I think um, it's interesting that you have been empowered to set objectives for your people. Um, I'm curious as to the organization's requests upon you in terms of what they see success looking like, because there is always an anxiety from me. If you're setting objectives without some influence from the top, that they place little value on your team's performance. Um, because if they have an expectation of this, this function costs me money, they surely must have an ambition of what success looks like for that investment in your function. That's thinking a bit more widely than, than business development, of course. 
I've lost your, I've lost visibility, and I've lost your your lovely face. Oh. All I've got is my face to look at, which is okay, but um, it could get a bit boring for me after a while just seeing my face. I don't know what we can do about that. We keep we keep losing each um, other's visuals. Um, uh, but um, the, one, one second, I've just I've just hung up on him. Let me now call him back and see what that does. It might make him very upset. Easiest way to fix it is hang up on you. Do you know, that's, you're, you see, this is what's so clever about it. That's why I love working with you. I'd, and also it gave me a little moment. I could have my hair cut today. I don't know whether you noticed. No, I didn't. What, um, did you, so what, I had a, what, what was cut? Your beard? Well, no, I, I just need a little bit of trimming. And um, anyway, so I was having a little look at that whilst you were off doing whatever you were doing with the buttons. Nice. We've talked. I tell you what. This springs. What springs to mind is the skill will matrix. Funnily enough, mm. and uh, the the ensuing conversation that you can have with people about where they see themselves, and 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 we we get into the conversation about reputation, and you know what, what does a ten ten look like at the top of this skill will matrix. So for the listeners, if you've got this matrix and you've got, um, you know, on one axis, uh, you've got skill, and the other you've got will. And this, this is a very interesting kind of uh, starting point for a great conversation because obviously if you've got a highly skilled individual uh, with a hell of a lot of desire to learn, to perform, to develop and do, you know, the hitting of targets and everything else, uh, you know, what does that 10-10 look like? What, you know, if you, would, if you were a 10-10, uh, what, what would it look like? Now, with that uh, axis of uh, skill and will, you can start, picking off some of the KPIs um, and, you know, what skills do you require in order to be this 10? If people think that there are 10 already, uh, clearly you need to refix so that you give them uh, comfortable uh, challenges, challenges that they that, that they're within their range of capability uh, and help them to get them. So if, if they're sort of riding along, they're feeling quite comfortable, there are 10 already, then, then they need to be challenged with something more exciting. So, you know, having the conversation about the 10 of skills, I think is a very is a very useful thing. And it also gives you the opportunity to have the conversation about reputation. People people are very motivated uh, by what reputation they're going to have at the end of the year or six months or three years, depending on where they want to frame that. And if you're guiding it towards 12 months, they have a reputation in the business right now, these people. Uh, and it might be like Ant was saying right at the beginning, technically, absolutely brilliant. Um, but actually, in terms of, um, you know, communicating directly, um, being honest um, and supporting and collaborating other people's work, they might be really bad. They might not be so good at that or half good. Mm. So, you know, that, that often gets missed out on these brilliant conversations about objective setting. If you want to be one of these, if you want to be a 10, 10, high skill, high will, high performance player in this team, let's look at what those are. Let's have a look at those things. If you, if you can whittle down, if you can narrow down the focus of what this person's reputation is, where they would like it to be, find the gap, and then link everything that Ant talked about earlier, uh, which is the KPI, the technical stuff, the developmental stuff, um, and then go on to 
you know, the, the, the value stuff and the psychological safety and trust in a team stuff, those three things, this conversation, I think, will be very, very powerful for them and all the future conversations that you have during the course of the year. It's not just about hitting target, is it? It never, it never is. Yeah. Because you always get people um, who are developing, you know, their skills to be better communicators, better collaborators. And, you know, often that's a lot of work in progress in a team, always, in my opinion. Um, and if you miss out that opportunity, yep, they've hit their KPIs, they've hit their target, uh, but they've actually screwed up the opportunity uh, for others in the term team to learn from them um, and to be mentored by them, uh, to be supported by them, to be challenged by them. You know what a what a what a great opportunity uh, to get that out there. I was lucky enough a few years ago ago to work on um, some objective trees. Uh, I don't know whether whether the listeners kind of use these much or not. I don't know, but I I think it's a really good discipline uh, to focus yourself at the top of a, a tree, an objective tree, and and building a box, and in that box is this idea of what this person wants to be. You know, their reputation, uh, informed by their skills and their desire to learn and, and perform. So, for example, that um, you know, I want to be, you know, a high-performance uh, business development uh, exec manager um, with, with some kind of specifics in there that, you know, with a, with a, with a, uh, revenues of this um, and a reputation for for coaching and mentoring my people. Blah blah. What you know? Just that conversation of just getting that nice and tight and neat in that box, as as neat as it can be. Uh, that's a really good starting point. With that objective tree, there's a there's a great mantra, and that, and that is in order to achieve this, what must you do, or what will you do? Or sometimes people have said, what, what have you done? Uh, kind of like it's, it's happened, which can be quite good for the head. Like, I, I've done this. Um, you know, I've, I've collaborated and communicated with my team med members. Um, here's the evidence. Here's the evidence uh, that I wish to discuss with you uh, at this point when we're going through my objectives. Um, so in order to achieve this high-performance player, what must you do? And and both the manager and uh, the direct report will will be able to really, really frame what this person will be, what their reputation will be at that point. Um, and then underneath it, you've got further boxes. The the in order to 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 do this, we must. Um, and there they are. You know, a line of five or six things that include. Let's say for, 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 for argument's sake, Anne, you know, there's, there's two of those things are, are KPIs, two of those things are developmental, and two of those things are to do with supporting uh, the rest of the team using good values um, and trust and, and safe behaviours. You know, what, 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 are the, what are those kind of things? Nice and neat, six things. You could go a further line down in, in, in order to achieve those things. What's the next line of boxes uh, just to, to make this uh, come alive. One simple, single sheet, maybe um, even have a bit of fun with it, with a flip chart, um, and get people working on their own uh, together 
as it were. So you'd have, you know, several people working on their own idea of what this looks like and getting into a group discussion about each individual's part in their part in the high performance team that they're creating. And these are the trust things that are going to go on. These are the uh, meeting the business objectives things that are going to go on. And we've all got these little development areas that we're going to focus on as well. And we're going to we're going to build a high performance team. And and this is my high performance player on a 10-10 high skill, high will basis. Uh, and that's what I want to be measured against. So I'm throwing those things into the pot um, and see what you think about that end. I like them a lot. I like them a lot. I th- the one thing I've realised we've we've not mentioned that that wonderful acronym that I'm sure is on the edge of oh, so many people's I know what, tongues. Oh, I know. Yes. Oh, yes. I know what you're going to say. I'm not going to say it because I, but I, I will be honest and tell you whether I'm right or wrong when you say what it is. Okay. It's it's an acronym which is SMART. Oh yes, good old SMART. We have a we have a winner. Um, now, interestingly, it, 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 I have to give credit to JB here. It's JB who made SMART for me much more real. Um, for those of you that don't know, SMART is an acronym that means that all objectives should be specific, measurable, achieve, achievable, relevant, and time-bound. Realistic yeah. and time-bound. you got some variants on it. it, it yeah. It roughly that, that uh, that's it yeah that, and, and it's a lovely thing and and i guess in itself um you know when you're setting these objectives you should be using that as a filter for the objectives that you draw out um are they specific um how are they measured um how achievable are they and if they are achievable is there a stretch achievement opportunity there for you as well how realistic or relevant are they in terms of the bigger task of the organization and what timeline are you working to? And that works regardless of the cycle of your objectives. But where, um, for me, JB has helped me bring it to life is using it in a conversation with people if you are empowering them to set their own objectives. Because in some cases, you actually might say, right, well, we know where we need to be. At the end of this year, we need to have achieved X million worth of revenue or X million verses of, of, of margin or profit. Um, actually, you know, what you can do is through your conversation is set objectives with them thinking about how they think they're going to achieve that goal. And actually, the objectives are ultimately tasks that break down those objectives, which you can measure the outcome throughout the course of the year. But secondly, as you're challenging their thinking on these objectives, how do you think this is specific to you in your mind? How do you think we can measure that through the throughout the year? And what makes it achievable for you? Um, how realistic is it and, and what timelines do you think we can work to? By adding a what or a how or a when to the beginning of some of these letters in the smart can make a very big difference to the conversations. And actually, more importantly, um, the empowerment of the person receiving those objectives to take ownership of what we're discussing and agreeing today as part of our objective setting conversation. Love it. And I, as we are going a little bit um, acronym in 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 Thanks. Um, this is this is another little similar to that. Uh, and I, I've been using this uh, a lot actually recently with with some teams and getting them focused. And it's OPPT. I have mentioned it before, um, but it's um, it's a lovely thing. Uh, because it, it always has, has the starting point, which is the outcome, the outcome in mind. And to me, the outcome is always um, the first thing that we should think about, whether we're leading, managing, coaching people. 
you know what what's the focus what's the outcome and really working hard on on this and getting people to imagine imagine if you know we got to the end of the year what does it look like what does it feel like what are you th- how are you thinking differently how are other people thinking about you uh, we talk about uh, self-awareness awareness of others and awareness of the situation how might those things have changed uh, over the course of the next three six twelve months and uh, so outcome is a, is a fantastic focus always you know what what outcome are you actually looking for open question bish you know right at the beginning of the conversation um and you know might be a bit of a sort of blindsider for someone but actually yeah i'm i i I want i want more money you know or i i actually want to spend more time with my kids uh i want a better relationship with my colleagues I, i want to be able to communicate more effectively with my bosses i um, you know, there's some things I'm, I'm working on. Okay, right. So let well, let's have a conversation about what that outcome might might be. Um, so get get the outcome out there. Um, so what outcome do you need from this? And then, so the the second part is about process. Um, what process uh, will you use to get this right? You know, what are the processes? Um, really have a good conversation about the process, the systems, the, you know, some people have time issues. Um, so, you know, what processes are available uh, to, to reduce uh, the interference that comes into your life every day? How are you going to retain the focus? What process do you need to retain focus? So there's lots of lots of brilliant things that come out of the process part of the conversation. And then you participate. Uh, how do we expect people to particip- participate in this process, your process? And, you know, I think this this is a great one for for uh, asking people, so who's your team? Um, so, you know, if this was Ant and Ant's got 12 months ahead of him, I, I would say to Ant, you know, who's, who's team Ant? Who's team Ant? And, you know, it might be that there are people within the organisation and maybe people outside uh, as well. Um, and how are they participating? Um, in How do they participate in the process that you describe? Uh, which might be to focus in on a particular part of the business or themselves that they, they you know what's the process that 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 kind of combination of um elements of process outcome participate participants i think creates some really great awareness in the other person and i think there's another point here which the the best um and most effective way of achieving objectives is emotional connection, emotional buy-in uh, with this person's idea of what it actually really means to them. And I, and I think a lot of managers actually miss out on that point. You know, how do you actually get these these concepts of, of team and team JB um, processes, which are pretty unemotional things, uh, into the emotional vocabulary and and into their minds well the the truth of that i think is really getting them to envisage uh a future uh that is different from the one they're experiencing now and there might be all sorts of exciting possibilities just by having that conversation with them so open up that conversation and also at the same time look for the interferences that that might get in the way the other final part of oppt of course is is timing you know how much time you got um for each of these parts so break the year down into into four parts four quarters which you know is pretty normal in a business development scene i think anyway um but you know really really get tight around time and and time obviously appears in smart as well and you know working 
working with with salespeople recently, uh, getting them to really think about time and how they manage that time, how they manage the client's time, how they take control of time, uh, and they find the, the right level of urgency, the right level of pressure around time to motivate things, to, to get things to happen on time and making that normal. Uh, I think when time is, is not uh, effectively used in conversation and in meetings and in planning, uh, you can see how things can go horribly wrong. Nice. Do we think we've given them enough juice in their tank to conclude these conversations? Well, oh, is that your time? Um, well, when you mentioned juice, I was thinking actually a cup of tea uh, is is what I'm looking forward to. And I mean, normally have a bottle of wine. Look, look you've got your tea empty. Yeah, we, oh, we were dear. talking quite a long time before recording started today, weren't we? Anyway, carry on. Sorry. Um, I think I think we hopefully I do hope for this particular listener that we have provided some thoughts and and you know maybe those thoughts around smart uh the areas that you talked about right at the beginning which framed this conversation brilliantly um you know it was about those three elements of kpi uh development developmental areas um and also behaviors um that i think framed it really nicely and i I needed that myself really just to go okay i can i can now see where this is going to go and then thinking about reputation uh, the skill will uh, having having getting getting that line of sight with where they're going to end up and how they feel about it and what what they're going to be doing differently at the end of the year, opening up that conversation. It's not just a spreadsheet of things, is it? It's a it's an emotional connection that we that we talked about. Um, we talked about smart, uh, specific, measurable, achievable, uh, relevant, realistic, and time bound uh, as a very very good means to. Uh, get this really concrete uh, and using the what and how questions to to make that come home uh, oppt uh, outcome outcome first always get that outcome out there and ask the question uh, what ca- what outcome do you need from this year what outcome do you need from this and what does the business need from it uh, so the oppt and skill wheel matrix i think there's quite a smorgasbord yeah. of things and even even if people thought actually uh you, you know maybe condensed it into your monologue there <laughs> if they're screaming at us saying oh my god does this model does that model yeah i'm sure we've all got models and you know the beauty of this i think is that listeners can actually do that they can contact us and you're going to tell them how they can contact us very shortly i'm sure but they can inform us of lots of other things and experiences that they've had uh, which will help to answer these types of questions i mean we are only human beings ant and me i know we probably come across as something else occasionally on air but um, we are merely human beings uh, navigating ourselves through uh, these rather interesting times and we have what we have we have our experiences which we love sharing with you but we would we would love to hear from you. We'd love to get more 
information, thoughts, ideas from you that we can share back out to our growing audience. Indeed. Big landmark, actually, the other week, I think, in terms of our numbers. Um, they have many digits at the beginning now, which is nice. Um Okay, so getting in touch, you can do it obviously through social media. Lead Learn Pod is our Twitter handle. You can message us privately or tweet at us your questions there. Um, also, you can find me, myself, and JB on LinkedIn, and you can message us through that, which is how I've had two of the three questions this week. And finally, you can email us globalleadershippodcast at gmail.com. Uh, they are the ways you can get in touch with us, uh, and we always try and answer your questions as much as possible. I need to give a shout out as well quickly uh, to Anne Sophie, who is based oh. in Singapore. Oh, um, yes. She sent us a message on uh, last week, I think it was. Um, Listen to your pod latest podcast on town halls. Best podcast so far was with great sharing and practical tips. Where do I insert comments and ratings? Sorry not to be a podcast guru. So... And Sophie, answering this question. Here it um, comes. If you are on uh, Apple, um, go to your podcast app and you can rate us there. Look us up and you can rate us. Five stars would be lovely. Uh, anything less, don't rate us. Just send us a message saying we're shit and we'll, we'll take it on board. And you can add comments there too. Uh, depending on the other platforms, I know we have a ton of downloads via um, uh, uh, Spotify, I think it is. But we're on all the major platforms. But I'm guessing if you're listening to this, you know that already. Um, so hopefully, but thank you for the, for your kind words as well, Anne Sophie. Um, so those are the ways you can get in touch. We have three questions this week, JB. And I thought I'd start with the the, the, the the easiest one first. This is from a girl called Emma, who is based in Switzerland. And she says, and you will like this question. Um, can you please tell me your favorite either catchphrase or metaphor that you use in everyday life at work? Ooh. Um, well, one that I really, 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 really like and have used for, for many years now, and it always seems to get a little bit of a reaction. Uh, it might surprise you, Ant, but um, it is uh, our little boat and rowing it into the fastest flowing bit of the river. Oh. And this is a good one when you've got a team of people and they might currently be rowing the boat into an eddy uh, because some people are rowing it left some people are rowing it right or port and starboard to use the, the proper term um, you've got someone who's at the helm um, probably not communicating effectively and steering the boat in the wrong direction not anticipating currents uh, you know loads of people screaming and shouting we're gonna go this way that way the other and this boat just goes round and round and round in, in a in a ever decreasing circle and ends up sinking you've also got the extended part of that which is people pissing in and not pissing out of the boat on the way to the um, destination so what happens when you get to the fastest flowing bit of the river uh, you know if you're rowing and you've got your rowing really really good by then um, my god you can motor because you're you're clever enough to have moved your whole business uh, into a more uh, successful market position uh, you've either launched a new product or a new service. Maybe you've even put it into a new market, a new river altogether, and you've kind of reinvented. So um, put, putting your boat into the fastest flowing bit of the river, I think, is a very, very rich and interesting concept that I find always gets people motivated. So I'm going to give there you, you a couple of short ones. Uh, and I, like, I was at a conference, an L&D conference, a couple of weeks ago. 
And um, apparently there's a company which used the um, the description for their hiring process, would rather have holes than assholes, um, which I think links into uh, <laughs> to, to our, terrific. our behavior. So if you've got a shit employee, uh, rather have a vacancy than have another uh, asshole in its place. So we'd rather have holes than assholes. Um, was their recruitment policy, um, which I, I quite liked. And then there was another wow. one that I heard, which is dare to do. Th- this is more of a catchphrase than a metaphor. Dare to do things that might get you fired, but it also could be career defining. Mm. Dare to do things that might get you fired or could be career defining. There you go. Love it. Mm. Yes. Uh, next question. Um, this one is anonymous. So let's give them an alias. Uh, Jeff. We'll call them Jeff. Um, JB always gets twitch when I say that name. Don't know why. Um, <clears throat> one second. The listeners will ask. But they will you're Google. Feed, you're feeding them. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, how do you sell the dream when the chips are down? I think we've had this kind of question before. How do you sell the dream when the chips are down? Maybe it is Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> so, ooh. When the chips are down, eh? When things aren't going to plan. And maybe, you know, you've had a good run and then suddenly you've got a bad quarter and you've got a team that's kicking off and you've got one person in that team that's a little bit of a nightmare. And been there, done that. I know what that's like uh, about. So uh, where do you start? You start with honesty uh, you start with getting uh, your team together um, and actually just having a pretty good conversation about the current reality. And, uh, you know, sometimes that's useful just to, to have some good one-on-one conversations. Um, be be human, be caring, um, listen, do some damn good listening. And I, I think the, 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 the art, the art for me, is is being really honest about the current reality, getting some real honesty about that, um, and to compare that uh, to a future vision, to a future experience, um, and get everyone having that. You know, so so yeah, we're here, we're in this situation, and it is a bit shit. That's for sure. Um, and there are some things that we can do, and some things that we can't. You know, what can we control? Uh, and where do we need our support to get us back to where we want to be or into the future? And that future vision, the more you get people involved with that and talk about it in terms of an experience, you know, getting people to see things as current experience and a future experience. How the hell do we get out of this? What steps do we need to take? Sometimes those steps are little tiny steps that, that you know they're not they're not great big strides and get you know it's it's okay to have just you know one or two little baby steps uh in the course of a week or two or month or three uh if if that's an if that's allowable uh you know if that if that if it is okay to to move it in that way but um have have that clear experience back in their minds of, of where you can take this. Anything to add to that? What on earth is happening in your house? Are uh, you moving today? No, no, no. Uh, Maisie. Oh, it's a... Okay, I thought... Ah, there is Maisie. And um, does she say anything? 
No, she probably say more interesting things than we ever have. I think she's um, expecting her dinner soon, so she's been shut in here with me to conclude the podcast. Um, so, um, apologies if there is any background tippy tapping. That's a laminate flooring for you. Sorry, real wood flooring. <clears throat> I wonder what you were doing with your feet. I thought you were sort of doing a little tap dance or yeah, something. Why not? But it's it's Maisie the dog. Maisie the dog. Uh, chocolate Labrador. For any of you listening, she's looking very well. Has she lost weight? Um, <laughs> you never tell a woman. About her weight, JB. You should know that by now. Faux pas. Um, so uh, I echo everything JB's just said, to be honest. Um, for me, when the chips have been down in experience, um, I actually try and create the certainty for the uncertainty that the chips down brings. Um, and I think just as a, I guess as a word of warning here, if you are a leader and the chips are down, if you don't show some leadership here, it will define you and the probability of those people working for you again. Because let's be honest, it's how you cope in the shit times that really characterizes you as a good or a bad leader or not. If you can create a vision and certainty when all the chips are down, I can promise you that people will come and work for you again, more, much more likely. When the good times are good, everyone is easy to work for, surely, you know. And if you're if you're an asshole to work for and it's a good time, then you've got no chance of hiring these people again. But what I do know is that people that I would work for again are the ones that really inspired me and they rallied their people around them and each other when the chips were down. So I guess with that in mind, the trick I would try and play, I say a trick, that's probably the wrong word, the script that I would follow is one of actually bringing it down, as JB says, to the take this as a really interesting experience because, you know, what defines us is our experiences and things called pain learning are probably sometimes the best learning you will do. And actually, when you're suffering during your experiences, those are the things that you'll learn what not to do in the future. And so for me, when the chips are down, actually, it's all about think about what this can mean to us as an experience for the future. Take that on board and we're going to move on. But importantly, show clarity and certainty, I think, will have a massive payload for you as a charismatic leader, JB. I love that. And I think there's a little term that I picked up recently and it's called fail productively. Ooh, like it. Tell me like that. I, yeah, fail productively. So, you know, go into things just thinking, actually, this is going to be an experience that might be worthwhile for me. You know, this is this is a learning experience. And yeah, it, as long as no one's going to die, you know, it's not <laughs> the end of the world if we fail now and again. It's how we go into it. And another quote that I quite like is it's 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 not the problems we face, it's the way we face the problems. And I think that fits quite nicely with that uh, failing productively. Uh, so when just understand that we will all fail. We all do failure. And the better we are at failure, the better. And we learn from it. And we therefore we fail productively. Mm. I think that's what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. Yeah. And on that note, Jeff, we hope we've answered your question. <laughs> so the... <laughs> The f there's, there's no covenants you need to worry about here. Is it? Anyway, right. So final question of this episode comes from a lady called Chloe based in the UK. And she simply asks, what's the favourite place you two have been to together with work? <gasps> what? It's uh, d d you and me together? Yes, that's what it says. We've been together with work. Do you know? She's put uh, training, that... but I've decided to drop that work because I know how irritated that makes you. So workshop, Chloe, please. Workshop or conference. Yeah, um, or genius that we share. Yes, IFW tour. 
Yeah. Need to listen to an old episode if you don't know what that stands for. Yeah. Um, so I, it's so easy to answer that question for me. Is it? I don't know. Whether, I'm not sure that you would necessarily agree, but from my own experience, I just love Miami. It's not your Amy, it's my Amy. And I love it. I think it's brilliant. I, I, I love I love working there. I love the people there. I love the whole vibe. I like getting my straw hat on. Obviously, clearly separating that from my work. I don't wear my straw hat when I'm working. And he does wear other clothes. Um, usually. And sometimes a white robe. Um, but no, Miami, my first choice. And I'm going to be a bit cheeky and I'm, gonna, I'm just going to put by, and it's a really, really close one. Uh, and that's my second place is Amsterdam. And then I'm going to hand over to you, Ant, and I'd be intrigued to, to hear what you have to say to this question. Um, so I actually would probably agree with you. Miami, um, the general vibe of the offices and people we've worked with there has always been incredibly exciting, which always makes the trip much more enjoyable. Um, but actually from a from a general place in the world as well, it, you know, I've never had bad weather there particularly it's always it's always nice. It's it always happens after we've gone, like flooding. Yes, yeah. I think the car Biblical park was floods. five or six, seven foot underwater, wasn't it? So, um, so yeah, Miami. Yeah. Um, I was originally going to say Amsterdam until you then said of that as your second place. But Amsterdam, similarly, really easy to get to. Um, and actually, again, it's the people that make it. And generally speaking, these are hubs in regions. So we tend to get people from all over Europe centering in on in the Netherlands. And in the US, Miami tends to be a big hub for people to get to as well, because that covers your Caribbean region. Uh, and it's not as disastrous to get to from Latin America and the Mid-Americas and so on. So, yes, I would agree with those two destinations. Um, and that doesn't mean, of course, any of you listening that have seen us in other locations, which there are many, that doesn't mean that we don't care. It also oh. probably it probably also features the fact that we've been to Miami and the Netherlands multiple times which generally translates into we start to get a feel for where to go and therefore we know we're comfortable and safe to go and have a good time. Um, if I've been to your country lots and I haven't mentioned it, I'm sorry, but it probably is quite shit. <gasps> we if love, we love Bucharest. We love Budapest. We love Warsaw. Uh, we love Bogota. We love you all. We have a lovely, lovely time with all of you. Love, and it's a very lo hard love, question. Love actually. Frankfurt, love Luxembourg. Um, yes. Um, oh, Hong always. Kong, Singapore. The list oh goes on. Oh, my God. Channel Islands next Shanghai. week. I, I love, love Shanghai. I love them there. I love the whole place, the whole thing. It's brilliant. You'd think we'd own British Airways by now, wouldn't you, really? Yeah. Bloody, don't get me. If anyone is a listener who works at British Airways, have I? I am. I am so so hacked off with that administration system right now. He's I on, don't the, mind he's on the verge you. of posting British Airways a shit in a bag. So just be warned, British Airways, yeah, get your uh, shit together. No, just do, please, please, British Airways, get your shit together. Honestly, really, it's about time. In the handful of days between now and when I see you at the Heathrow Airport next week, uh, where uh, where <gasps> does your uh, journey take you uh, between now and then, my friend? Uh, where am I going? I'm doing I'm doing a little bit of London. Um, I've got some uh, webinar business to do on Thursday afternoon and Friday. I I am supposed to be in London 
on Friday, but I don't know if that's really happening. Um, so when I'm not doing that, I'm concentrating on my, what do they call it, um, steps. I'm doing loads of steps at the moment. I'm doing at least 15,000 steps a day nice. with my dog, nice. with my little dog. And my wife, actually. I should have I beg your pardon? her in. <laughs> oh, I see. Right. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah nice. no, we're, 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 we're aiming to do it together. My, my eldest border terrier now um, has decided that she she's quite mad and she has to wee on ev- anything that's green. Uh, so the the moment we leave the house, if she sees a leaf going down the road, she's she's hobbling after it and wants to wee on it. And I don't, I don't if if listeners that have dogs as well in their old, do they? Do, is it necessary for them actually to spend ninety percent of a walk actually weeing on everything that's green? I, 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 is it a thing that happens? Because that's what my border terrier is doing at the moment. Anyone and that's skipping that, around this episode that might have skipped around there might have assumed that you and I like going hunting to pee on green things. Yes. I might post well, you some random green things and see what happens to your house. You know, like, you know. You wouldn't hit, want oh, to do that in Ramsgate. I, I currently <laughs> have a, they'd have a price tag on them. A green Xbox um, controller. Um, yeah. Oh, anyway. look at that. Yeah. yeah. It's confiscated from one of the kids. Uh, anyway, I don't know. That was a that was a little diversion. What about you, Anne? Have you, are you are you actually going to buy a house ever, or are you just do you just do you have a fantasy about using solicitors and spending yeah. vast amounts of money, nearly exchanging, and then, so then it not. all going wrong? So we are due to exchange any in fact, again. The, the, this is deja vu. Yep, but we are yet to receive the call. Um, unfortunately, the chain beneath us is complicated. Let me just check. That isn't the solicitor. No, it's oh my not. god, you've, you've exchanged. No, um, nope. it would be a phone call, not a not a message. So waiting for the exchange. We were due to be moving this week. Um, so I actually have Thursday and Friday booked off, which I'm going to keep off. Uh, so I'm going to just spend some time with the kitty winks. And then, of course, uh, next week it is you and me. But then it, it, everything, we've got no commitments at the minute due to the expected move. So we hadn't committed to anything seismic in the calendar price household. And on that note, hopefully when we speak to you next, we'll be together in the Channel Islands. Hopefully not blown off the side of the Channel Islands due to any further uh, wind and storms that are due over this neck of the woods. Um, but it has been an absolute delight. Please do submit your questions. Please give us wonderful ratings. And that is your lot from me. I've been Anthony Price. And I've been Jonathan Bradley, pricking the pomposity of plonky podcasts and fondling the frontiers of global leadership. Thank you. Wow. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We can't. That would have been a perfect ending, but you must have written that down. No, I just said it just came into my head. Can you hear that again? No. <laughs> I'll get it all wrong. And on that note. Goodbye.